2: The Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now here's your host, Sharon Kleina.
0: I want to invite you to listen to my show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, the power of water, environmental changes that happen every day, and your health. I want to invite you to listen and learn how you can learn about this planet we're living on. And when you were born and you're living on the Earth, the planet Earth, you're living as a guest here, and, and you must learn to live for your health. And when you're learning to be understanding your health, you'll uh, be able to empower and be, uh, make other people vulnerable to also them wanting to learn about how to live on this planet Earth. And let's plan and talk about eternity. Can we reason together and learn together? This is what the show is about, and we've had some of the most prestigious people that we could have ever imagined on this show through this period of time. Today we have professor Woolworth, Will, I'm sorry, Woolrich, who is a Nobel Prize winner. And you will learn as much as you can, we can learn from his discussion today and I will ask him every question you can imagine so you can learn what he has been learning. It's going to be a very exciting moment for him to give his time for us today. Our second guest today is, uh, Phyllis Green and Phyllis is superintendent of the Isle Royal National Park in Michigan and we're going to learn as much as we can about what they've been doing with their park system. Now, there's something about our life on this earth with the water. I'm dedicated and committed to the mission to understand the life in water c- can save lives and this planet. I think it's important because the moment you were born, you came from a pocket of water and you entered in the air you breathe. That moment, you were sucked with your moisture in your body. The water around your body was gone, and that's the dehydration at that second, There are no two eyes alike, no two skins and the complexion alike, no two fingerprints alike. Let's learn together. I bet you didn't know that dehydration is your symptom. Children around the world are not drinking safe water. Well, if they need to drink 8 to 10 glasses of water, it's been proven. They're not drinking safe water. And in the United States, they have found in schools there is not safe water. The other one that's been on my mind for several weeks, is in Kenya, the migration of the most amount of animals on the face of the globe, the world's greatest natural spectacles there in Kenya, and the Mara River is drying up. They do predict if the Mara Basin dries up much t- more, those animals, the greatest migration of conservatory of animals on the face of the globe, but the zebras and the elephants and tigers and this go on and on, they're going to die by thousands. In California, we had a problem. Uh, let's support and find out what was happening. Go to the Bloomberg report, Bloomberg.com, and learn more about what happened to the California session discussing what happened to water. In Iraq, we've been talking about the marshlands that uh, Saddam Hussein had taken away from a, a society of people He took the water away, and he knew by taking those marshlands away and covering it with sand that they would no longer have water and they would die. And they did. They died. We learned with water 1.4 million children die every year, which is 4,000 children a day, are dying every day because of lack of water and good sanitation. Is this show serious? Yes, it is serious. Let's join together See what we can learn more about uh, our, from our guests about how we can join in and be part of this planet and make a better place to live. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the all one hundred percent natural tissue culture grade of water to supplement the eyes because your eyes are water, natural water. You need to supplement because the air is dry. We'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears IOMS, and we'll be right back with Professor Wilbur.
1: All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you.
2: Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program.
0: Today we have a very special guest, Professor Kurt Wolfrich, uh, who won the Nobel Peace Prize for the chemistry using nuclear magnetic resonance for study of biological micromolecules. Professor, are you with us? Yes. It's very nice of you to join us today. I'm sure that all over the world they've been wanting to hear from you uh, for so long about what you've been dedicated to uh, in your life. And I today you're you're are you involved with the Scripps Research Institute in California?
3: Yes. Let me pronounce my name for thank the thank you
0: for doing that uh,
3: for the audience. Uh, my name is Kurt Wittrich, Kurt being my first name. I'm a professor of structural biology at the Scripps Research Institute in La Jolla in Southern California, and I'm also a professor of biophysics at the ETH. Zürich in Switzerland.
0: Okay. You know, when did you come to America to study?
3: I first came to UC Berkeley to study as a postdoctoral fellow and as a physical education major in 1965.
0: Mm-hmm. And Do you go back to Switzerland very commonly, or do you stay in America most of the time?
3: Well, I returned to Switzerland in 1969, and I was uh, entirely stationed in Switzerland, with the exception of short sabbaticals, uh, visiting professorships abroad from 1969 to 2000. Since 2000, I'm also a professor at Scripps Research Institute.
0: I wanted to tell you before we go into asking you a lot of questions is I have been to Switzerland. I love interlaken it's one of the most beautiful countries of the world. Um, it is so magnificent and I noticed in some of your enjoyments in life is that you like to get around and fish
3: yes. and
0: that you were and I noticed that you have uh, you were interested in Zane Grey. You were in a location where Zane Grey uh, was uh, also had been
3: fishing. Well, and Hemingway, both and Hemingway. Hemingway and Zane Grey, uh, Zane Grey, are members of the same uh, game fishing club in New Zealand that I have. Now, the joined. reason,
0: the reason I brought that up, Professor, is. Uh, I live, our, our research center is in Grants Pass, Oregon, on the famous Rogue River. And Zane Gray had a cabin about 40, well, maybe an hour away from where we're at. I see. And uh, he was, and then he sold the location uh, after a long time, he had owned it a long time to the Lee Strauss family, the Strauss family. Yeah. Um, but again, I noticed that... Uh, you like to fish, and, of course, we come from the Rogue River in southern Oregon where people come from all over the world to fish. Now, let's That's ask you today. That's for steelhead
3: fishing? This It is for steelhead.
0: Steelhead and salmon.
3: And salmon. Mm-hmm.
0: This year they had a famous salmon run, uh, the, one of the most rec- record salmon run they've ever had in, probably in history, they thought. I wanted to ask you uh, in 2002, you won the Nobel Peace Prize.
3: No, I uh, did not receive the Nobel Peace Prize. I received the Chemistry Nobel Prize.
0: The Chemistry Nobel Prize. Yes. I apologize. They wrote this down wrong. Okay, so you won the, the Chemistry Nobel Prize, which I'm is unbelievable. I'm not Mr.
3: Obama. Mr., uh, President Obama received the Peace Prize.
0: You got the piece, and you got for chemistry. Yeah. Now let's find. Let's talk about that prize in chemistry with a nuclear magnetic resonance for studying biological micromolecules. Now you know my world is into learning everything we can to teach our world and our audience about water. So eventually, potentially, I'd like to uh, learn more about what you think about the water of the world, but. Tell us about that prize that you won. Why, why was it so unusual at that time?
3: Well, the prize has a lot to do with Walter. That's why I agreed to join you for this uh, event. Mm-hmm. It is so that we developed a method to visualize the shape, of big molecules. We refer to those as uh, molecules of life. These are proteins and nucleic acids in aqueous solution. Mm -hmm. This is important because our body fluids are all protein solutions involved so that with this method that you mentioned, nuclear magnetic resonance spectroscopy or NMR spectroscopy, we always investigate the molecules in water.
0: I like what you said, Professor, about the molecules of life. Something that I have wondered, why aren't why isn't research studying those molecules, those cells of life, and the dehydration from birth? Why, don't, why isn't it that from the moment that baby is born, they're not studying or have a device to study to check the baby's dehydration and why it's unusual for each person? Um, when you were learning what you were learning in your research, the life that was there, What did you discover that you think that maybe hasn't really come to much more discovery? Is there something much more that you think that should be discovered and studied?
3: Well, let me uh, let me give you an indirect response. Okay. To our listeners, NMR spectroscopy may be a foreign word, but many of them may be familiar with MRI, magnetic resonance imaging, in medical diagnostics.
0: Okay, they do. Many people do. Mm -hmm.
3: Yes, and what one observes in MRI is exclusively the water in the human body. You see, the brain consists of far more than 80% of its weight, of water.
4: Yes, it
3: does. This gives a very strong signal and it is by detecting the water signal that images are made of the brain and, of course, of other parts of the human body. Mm -hmm. And so, in principle, if someone gets dehydrated, one could follow this by MRI on the living body. But this would of course be very expensive it's not practical but you just it said something was so
0: sad, professor it was why is it that you know it's so it's a fact of life but why is it that life is so expensive you know uh, it's it's got to be so much money to to save a human life so uh, i'm sorry to interrupt you go on
3: uh, yes Well, that's just the way uh, this technology works. And you see, you have to make uh, smart decisions on when to use this expensive technology. So if it's a matter of detecting cancerous growth in the brain, for example, then it is an inexpensive way to make a diagnosis. Uh, We are talking about Hundreds of dollars, not uh, ten-thousands of dollars, as you uh, talk about for certain medications, not to speak of treatments in a hospital. But uh, when you talk about detecting dehydration in children, it's much easier to weigh these children, for example.
0: Professor, we have to have a commercial, and we're going to be right back with you. Don't hang up. And I want to hear more about what you said about the children um, uh, for the education. Uh, we Don't hang up. We'll be, we're going to be right back. Okay. And we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural method of moisturizing the eyes. And we'll be right back with Professor.
2: You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel.
1: Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of Pure All-Natural Water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you.
2: The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program.
0: Professor, before we left, you were telling us about uh, the brain is 80% water and something that, if you could mention, the brain and the eyes are connected together, Um, but there's something you mentioned then about our children. Could you continue that?
3: Well, you asked me, why are these uh, devices for uh, medical investigations so expensive?
0: Yes, I did. And
3: I responded that if, there is a serious disease such as cancerous growth in the brain that you can detect and characterize with MRI, then this is not an expensive method. Mm -hmm. However, if we talk about dehydration in children, and we are talking about hundreds of thousands of children who suffer from dehydration, there are more direct ways and faster and easier ways to detect this state, for example, by weighing the children or just looking at the children what about the brand
0: you, new what about that brand new baby being born, and you know can you imagine just yourself and myself and the moment you 're born and you left that pocket of water and the trauma? To that living thing that all of a sudden it isn't surrounded by water Uh, what do you think some of the discoveries and research have been from that moment on with some uh, scientific understanding uh, just common sense facts because there are no two eyes alike no two skins and the complexion alike no two fingers what have they been learning about that baby from birth do you know anything about that
3: Well, what is your, uh, how much do you remember of this moment when you came out of the water? I I think think I'm in the same boat as you are.
1: I
0: know it. Yeah, we're all human, right?
3: Exactly.
0: Right. And uh, my thinking has been is it possible to study dehydration from that moment on? Uh, i don 't know if you know this, but a lot of some of our guests that have come on have been very uh, uh, highly uh, re, uh, much in research and eyes and and they 've said too that out of about every two hundred and twenty five babies born, there could be a cataract that they didn 't uh, detect. Uh, certain things were not detected with the dehydration or what happened at that moment with dehydration leaving the womb. Um, could you tell me and tell our audience how valuable you think water is? Because that became a mission of yours Was natural sciences also. Uh, could you tell the audience how important the water on this planet is from your background of study?
3: Well, uh, considering that I live in Southern California, there is, uh, it's clear that I am... Uh, on a daily basis confronted with the importance of water and in particular with scarcity thereof. In my research, water is the crucial element. The interactions of the uh, molecules of life with water keep, these molecules functioning. Interactions with water plays an exceedingly important role in defining the ways uh, our body works, the metabolism in our body works, and so on and so forth. There is no life on Earth anywhere without water. Hello? What is
0: the important have you uh, have you noticed that uh, you may come from a country a world where your mother said drink a lot of water uh, what is your thinking on people who say I don't like the taste of drinking water what would you say to that person
3: well if it's uh, if it's clean water then uh, I would just simply tell the person that Uh, It's not a question of taste, because for our uh, taste buds, water is essentially taste-free.
0: You know, it is fascinating where individuals today are so inundated with something in it. It has to be a flavor. It has to be a vitamin. It has to have something in it. When you uh, talk to someone about water, they'll say, well, the milk has water in it juice has water in it. My tea has water in it. Coffee has water in it. Uh, Do you have a response to somebody who thinks they're drinking enough water because something has water in it?
3: Well, why not? I mean, if you, it's important, you see, all these uh, liquids that you have just mentioned contain 99% of water, or maybe 95 to 99% Of pure water. So if they drink enough of these liquids, that's perfectly fine. Uh, When I go to China, then I'm greeted with a cup of green tea and not with a glass of water. And that certainly serves the purpose of keeping me hydrated.
1: Okay,
0: then. Uh, do you believe then if a person does do they need to drink a plain of just a glass of water without anything in it or do you think that if they drink enough of those other liquids they would probably get enough hydration
3: absolutely there is no okay. Okay. there is no need to drink I trust uh, you th-
0: I trust what you said
3: well mm-hmm. uh, there is no need to drink pure water if you drink enough of the uh, other liquids that you have mentioned, where unsweetened tea is probably the best way to get around the need for drinking pure water. A bad thing about drinking uh, water with taste added is that many of these liquids contain an awful lot of uh, sugar and uh, carbohydrate-related compounds. And this, of course, is one of the reasons uh, that led to obesity as a major uh, calamity in today's world.
0: The sugar can be a dehydrator, can it be? Can sugar dehydrate an individual?
3: well if it if consumed in reasonable amounts i do not believe that sugar is a dehydration agent it's a very uh, highly concentrated nutrient okay. no but if if you want to satisfy your need for liquid every day with drinking uh, i don't want now just to play it safe any of the Common, uh, s- sweet drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you, in, you ingest an awful lot of calories in the form of the uh, sugar that is added to these drinks.
0: You know so, that but That's you why
3: you have low-calorie drinks. Someone who doesn't want to drink water, he can drink uh, a diet uh, version of any of these, uh, of these uh, drinks. And then uh, the intake of uh, calories is minimized. And again, you can replace drinking pure water by drinking some of these um, liquids, which on top of it uh, keeps some industry going that produces and distributes these drinks
0: wanted to ask you on your passion. You're, you really like to study natural sciences. I read that about you. Tell us about some of the interesting things you've been learning about natural sciences.
3: Well, natural sciences is, is for me primarily in discovering the secrets behind the uh, the ways our bodies function. And, of course, there is always a practical aspect in that a better understanding of the way that we function gives us a basis for understanding those moments in our lives where things don't go well, in case of whatever disease might attack us and by understanding the ways a healthy body functions gives us a chance to make proper intervention when something goes wrong.
0: And and in other the, words, understanding the original, originality of individual symptoms, treating people more individual. Is uh, that what you meant?
3: Uh, yes, I think we can put it that way.
0: Because I'll, I'll mention the common sense side for the listener, so the individualities to learn every day when they're getting out of bed and beginning their day, they can understand to become understand their own rhythm of their own nature, uh, to try to balance it during the day. What, what is this symptom? What, why am I tired today? You mentioned obesity. Uh, maybe the individual doesn't eat a lot of sugar, maybe there was something else happening it was causing a severity of dehydration that they didn't even understand the nature of what is happening to the person with the individual nature of who they are. i well, you like to explain, we don't have too much time left, uh, when you won the Nobel Prize, uh, again for our listeners to understand, uh, in that era and time, what was the excitement that everyone found uh, of your discovery?
3: Well, you see, on the one hand, the discovery is, ba- is based on complex physics. Mm-hmm. That's the one side. Mm-hmm. On the other side, the discovery made it possible for the first time to visualize the molecules of life in their natural environment, namely in an aqueous solution, see? dissolved in water just as they are in our body fluids. That was the the excitement. Uh And then, of course, there were several individual molecules where new discoveries were made through the fact that they could be observed in aqueous solution. The most striking one probably was the structure Determination of the prion protein. This is a protein that is involved, in, yeah, in diseases such as uh, mad cow disease, Creutzfeldt-Jakob mm-hmm. disease in humans, or now more recently, chronic wasting disease in deer in uh, the U.S. and in Canada.
0: When you discovered that at that time, how long did it take you to convince them that that discovery was you actually discovered that, and they wanted to recognize it?
3: How long? How many? It took us approximately fifteen years to achieve the result, and then it took uh, exactly eighteen years for the Nobel Prize to arrive. So 18 years after we published the discovery, for which I then got the prize, I did actually receive the prize.
0: Now, when you first thought you discovered it, I always have to laugh with discovery. Your knees kind of shake and wondering, is this for sure? Um, Did you have anyone uh, helping you, uh, like a team of you to assist you? that also were excited about what some of the discovery and had been finding?
3: Well, we were a team of about 20 scientists who worked under my guidance at uh-huh. the time. And as soon as we had made this discovery, I went into the mountains next to Interlaken that you mentioned.
0: Oh, I love Interlaken!
3: <laughs> I then lived in Wengen, which is a oh. small village, uh, far above Interlaken, and I wrote a book about our discovery.
0: You know, Professor, I've always said when I can slow down and not be so busy, I'm going back to re- Interlaken to write my book. It okay. is the most beautiful place That's a place very in good idea. <laughs> and so that's where you got your fresh of air, fresh air, and viewing those beautiful mountains with the waterfalls coming and the visual, you you, were, you decided that this was a, a, a discovery that needed to be pursued.
3: Absolutely. But uh, it's, at it's, that time, it was still an excellent place to go skiing. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, nowadays, it becomes more, much more difficult to find skiable areas because of the global warming, which makes our glaciers uh disappear it uh, it uh, pushes the uh, the altitude where you can count on having snow during much of the winter to higher altitudes and so on so uh here this all has to do with water of course see glaciers are frozen water snow is another form of water so yeah. uh,
0: Belba, well, before we leave, and I thank you so much for giving us your time and, and giving us it to recognize how important the power of water is on this earth, is there something you would like to say to the audience before you go?
3: Well, I can only hope that we will be smart with the use of water and that Progress will be made in particular in the third world to ensure a sufficient supply of clean, healthy water for the entire world population. That should be a very important goal to aim for in the very near future.
0: Well, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, you have a a very special time, and be well.
3: Well, thank you. It was a pleasure to be with you.
0: And thank you. And and thank you also for your dedication to the mission you've done all of your life.
3: Well, thank you. Goodbye.
0: Thank you. Goodbye. The knowledge that we can learn from each other is what he said, the professor said, be smart. And let's think that way. Let's reason together on trying to understand the common sense of what we can learn from each other. I think we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears I miss the one that's smart, because your eyes are water. In fact, the water, your eyes are connected to your brain that he was talking about, and the moment you were conceived, a moment you were in, uh, uh, forming your organism and you're in the mother's womb. Your eyes and your brain were connected together. The eyes depend upon that brain and the moisture from the air. If you do not get enough moisture from the air, your eyes can be dehydrated and lose the, what's ne- necessary for the electrolytic energy for the eyes to have eye, healthy eyesight. Let's listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the method of moisturizing 100% natural water to replenish the moisture to the eyes. We'll listen to our sponsor and we'll be right back.
1: All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you.
2: The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. to the Sharon Kleiner Hour Health, Environment and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at yahoo.com. That's Hour at yahoo.com. Now back to the program. Today
0: Phyllis Green is going to be with us and uh, she's our guest and she is the superintendent of the Isle Royal National Park. A uh, very special guest and I'm really excited to talk with you us, are you with us? Yes, I am. I'm delighted to be here today. Well, thank you for joining us. I can imagine how busy you are. Tell us about your position and why did they, this is an unusual name in America called the Isle Royal National Park. Uh, why did they name it that? Well, back in the
4: 1600s, when the French fur traders were uh, searching for furs in the North Country, they uh, were brought to the island probably by native americans at that time and uh... they of course renamed it uh... to honor their king louis the fourteenth and thus it stuck as our royal or the royal island the uh... original name for it by the ojibwe was Manong, which is the good place and it is a very good place indeed it's uh... A remote island. It's probably one of the remotest national parks in the lower 48 that you can visit. It's uh, 45 when miles you, long.
0: When you say remote, uh, when you come to, what's the nearest city that would be recognized to be able to go there?
4: Oh, Duluth,
0: Minnesota. Do you recognize Duluth? that? Okay, yeah. yeah I have think a g- lot of people can look that up on the web. So if you yeah, went you through Duluth, north, Minnesota, you would be on your way to... Um, The uh, park?
4: You would go further north to Grand Portage, Minnesota, or you would go northeast to Houghton, Michigan, or Copper Harbor, Michigan, where you would jump on a boat. Oh, on a boat.
0: There we go. Okay. So, how many visitors do you have a year?
4: We, only, we are one of the least visited parks in the national park system with only around 18,000 visitors a year, um, partly because we're only open um, from April through the end of October and partly because it is very difficult to get there and takes a lot of
0: pre-planning. Mm-hmm. Now, tell us about the park. Let's see if we can get some people record. They can go to the website and look up the park and get into some of the most probably breathtaking locations of the world would be something that not as many people are going to because it is remote. Tell us about the park.
4: The park is uh, just a beautiful, uh, timeless place in many ways. Um, it Some of the rock basalt formations are over a billion years old. They're part of the first formation of lava flows on Earth, so you really – connecting with um, a long time period when you're there. It's a lot of uh, balsam fir, which many people bring into their homes at Christmas uh, for the smell. When you wake up on the island in the morning, you'll get the smells of the balsam fir, wild roses, thimbleberry. It's a beautiful place to hike. Indeed, most visitors who come, it's 99% Uh, wilderness. So most of our visitors are hikers. But some of them also go out and just um, bring a book and go to the lodge and sit by the lake, and that is the largest uh, freshwater lake in the world that our royal is located on, Lake Superior.
0: Now, so it's on Lake Superior. How much frontage of the lake does it have, you know?
4: Well, actually, the majority of the park is water. Um, okay. Basically, there's uh, about a half a million acres of uh, park uh, acres, but only 160,000 of it is um, land, and it actually consists of about 400 small islands in addition to one very large one.
0: My goodness. Now tell me, uh, are you familiar with what kind of trees are on the in the park?
4: Oh, yes. We have a, a wide variety. We actually straddle two uh, changes in trees. We have kind of the northern um, uh, forests that's typical of Canada, balsam fir, spruce. And then on the other end of the island, we have a hardwood uh, component, which gives you your beautiful maples and um, aspen. We also have a scattering of white pine and jack pine. It's uh, got about 165 miles of trails to explore through the park. and um, it's Now those are like all maintained that.
0: by the Park Service? Yes, they are. Wonderful. Now, how what is the height of the mountains there? Uh, do you have a how tall it, how, what the height is? Oh, there
4: we really only go a couple hundred feet above sea level, uh, okay. but it can be kind of
0: steep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. So, two so um, hundred feet above sea level. There.
4: Yeah, several hundred feet. Yeah.
0: Okay, and uh, what, what's the weather like this time of year?
4: Well, right now we're headed into winter, and we've put the island, we've uh, kind of put the human part of the island to bed, if you will, and uh, left it to the wolves and moose that are out there at this point. Oh, the wildlife
0: that are so beautiful. Now, I bet there's a lot of moisture uh, in the air out uh, all year round. There is, but
4: um, it actually um, is. Pretty typical of a a midwestern summer, where you get a rainy period in June, and then it's relatively dry through July and August. We've uh,
0: actually—pardon—you get humidity humidity in the summer.
4: No, this is a a delightful place. It it, uh, became a national park after people discovered it in the at the turn of the century as a wonderful place to vacation to get relief from um, allergies and asthma. Because it was remote with clean, cool air, um, it rarely gets above eighty, uh, and it does not have high humidity at all. I, even though well, it is if an you do park. have
0: moisture in the air, that it sounds very healthy though, uh, because of that yeah. temperature level and the height, uh, the terrain. What is your rock there? Is that mostly volcanic rock? What type of soil and rock do you have?
4: Mostly volcanic rock with these big old uh, basalt flows from, mm-hmm. like, we, uh, billions of years ago. But also we have sandstone formations. Uh, it has a very um, unusual geography because the uh, Lake Superior, when it was formed there was a big uplifting, and the edge of it sheared on one side and became our Royal and the edge of the, all these layers of sedimentary rocks and lava flow rocks sheared on the other end and became the uh, Keweenaw Peninsula of Michigan. So uh, there's actually geologic twins there, uh, one on the mainland and, and the island itself.
0: Now do you have, uh, we don't have too much more time, let's talk about, if, uh, if individuals go to the website, what do they? What's your website address?
4: If they go to www.nps.gov
0: slash i n r o n like c p like and Peter s like and Sally nps yes okay yes.
4: dot gov and
0: uh, would they be able to look up what campgrounds are available or the nearest city for accommodations?
4: Oh, they can find out exactly how to do their trip planning. Uh, things, even advice on things to take if they're new to backpacking. Um, uh, all the word on how to go fishing. We're one of the premier fishing spots in the Great Lakes.
0: Now, what kind and of fish do you have on there?
4: Oh, we <laughs> have um, we have very large lake trout on uh, around the large island in Lake Superior, and uh, we have whitefish.
0: And okay, now what is the temperature lakes. of the water? Did you know that? <laughs> this is not the
4: place to go if you want to be swimming a lot unless you're okay, a member of the what polar I'm bear after. club. It was
0: the reason I thought of that, fellas, is because absolutely the delicious trout can come from very cold water.
4: Yes. Well, if you go down 50 feet in, in Lake Superior, the average water temperature is between 33 and 37 degrees. If okay, you're that's what a, I was
0: after for those fish.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, and not, then if you're that, lucky on a warm day for swimming, uh, it might get 55 to 60 degrees with a nice oh purple wind. Oh, my. How beautiful, though. How here.
0: beautiful. Now, something before we're done is I have a thing about children. There is no child that is not perfect. Do you do anything for the Junior Ranger plan? Is there anything for children you do? Oh, if the kids
4: stop in at the uh, visitor center when they arrive, they can uh, join our Junior Ranger program, and there's lots of um, things that they can explore and learn about. And I actually really do enjoy seeing these kids show me their Park ranger badge at the end of the day. That's
0: fun. Uh, yes, yes. Now, before we're done today, let's overview why unusual this park is so remote. You were mentioning back in the 1600s, you know, uh, people from all over the world used to come to America. I met a physicist one time from France, and Dr. Robert Wallace, and he, his father came from France to study the waters in America because he'd been studying water all over the world. Uh, it, it's just fascinating. So far back in the 1600s, uh, royalty and uh, researchers were coming from all over the world to study the birds, and that's what came. Well, that's why they came to your park, isn't that what you said?
4: Well, they were uh, looking for furs, actually beaver oh, fur for the markets of
0: beaver Europe. Furs. Yes. Okay, furs. And, as yeah. I know, in we, Hawaii, when we discussed uh, with parks in Hawaii. They came with fur for the birds. So yours was coming to the fur. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, you know that makes yeah. uh, some sense to me because that's why I said to you, you must have a lot of moisture there, and uh, animals that thrive in, in areas with enormous, uh, unbelievable moisture have the most beautiful fur. I've had some of the uh, uh, the park systems in the United States that have rainforests. Uh, enormous amount of rain and moisture year-round, and I mentioned the fact, I said, well, the elk that you have there have to have the most beautiful coat, and they said, by the way, it does, (laughs) you know, and so they were coming after what kind of fur?
4: The fur they were looking for at that time were uh, beaver, uh, mink, um, Mm -hmm. primarily. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, do you have any other, what are the kind of animals that you have there, wildlife?
4: Well, because the island is so remote with such cold, cold water temperatures, um, we have less uh, wildlife than the mainland does because it has to be a, a very large mammal or some uh, type of animal that can swim.
0: So now, we have. have basically do you have any bear?
4: No, no, because oh. uh, the only safe time for a bear to get there would be in the winter and they're hibernating. Okay,
0: okay and then what about uh, elk or deer? No elk or deer. Uh,
4: deer don't have the body mass to be able to swim across the lake, and they don't like the ice. But the one okay. one big mammal that came over was the moose, and he was followed about uh, 30 or 40 years later by wolves. And R. Royal is where they helped unravel the mystery of uh, the wolf-predator-prey relationships. It has the longest predator-prey study in the world uh, has occurred on R. Royal.
0: Studying the wolves. So studying, other countries and other wolves, states yeah. have joined in on that because of that. Uh, now, how many wolves do you think you still have there?
4: Well, we went into this year with about 21. Uh, the pack has been up as high as 50, uh, but it, and that was in the early eight, uh, 1980s. But then they were hit by an accidental introduction of a, a dog disease uh, called canine parvo, and that dropped their population down to around twelve or thirteen animals, and they've had trouble recovering since then, uh, but right now they're at around twenty one and then are you, in the middle of the
0: people, okay, go ahead, I'm sorry.
4: In the middle of the winter, we'll fly some scientists out there to do a census, because in the winter, and they'll fly and do aerial observation of the wolf packs at that time.
0: Now, uh, when people come, can they bring their dogs because of that, or are you asking them not to bring the dogs to the island?
4: Actually, uh, all mammals are prohibited because the island has been so genetically separated from the mainland, uh, Mm -hmm. basically since the last glaciation, that even these wolves who came over 50 years ago don't have the same um, defenses against the diseases on the mainland. So any of our mammals... Uh, have the potential to have a devastating impact if a disease or something unusual comes in from the mainland. So unfortunately dogs cannot go to the island now. And even our employees have to find a spot for their favorite pet when they come out to work.
0: Yeah, uh it is it is fascinating what can happen. Is there something you'd like to say to our listeners before you go about the park because um, I I it sounds like the most beautiful place to come when It's remote and it's fresh and it's and so long ago it was discovered by can you imagine in the 1600s discovering something in a place like that? Uh yourself. You're coming along oh. and, and it wasn't it all it had to be accidental. They do not have the aerial Uh, cameras that we have today.
4: No, but I think they had a little help because um, the uh, indigenous people have actually used our oil for a period of 4,500 years. So my guess is that uh, they actually helped them find um, where to find the beaver and the pelts that they were looking for for their fur, fur trade at the time. Um however you decide to discover our Royal, it is a fantastic place to visit. We actually have the longest length of stay in the Park Service, four and a half days, uh, mainly because it takes a good amount of time to get there. So I would just encourage people to go to the website, www.nps.gov, slash ISRO, and uh, get into some trip planning, and whether you're there for One of the day trip excursions or come and stay long enough to really experience the island. It's a wonderful place to be.
0: It sounds just beautiful and such a therapy, Phyllis. I encourage everybody to try to figure out how to get there. It sounds just beautiful. And you keep up your mission and tell everyone I said hello.
4: I'll do that, Sharon. Thank you. Thank
0: you for joining us today. Bye. All right. Bye. That was fascinating. Today, what a show. Having uh, Professor Kurt Wolfrick on with us today, who'd won the Nobel Prize uh, for understanding the molecule, uh, understanding uh, we do not understand enough of the molecular ability of the body, and there is not enough going on. It seems like we're today very stretched in research to hurry, 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 and satisfy too quickly, and he said it did take them 18 years to be recognized. Uh, let's support research today and people like the doctor and let's support the parks. They're in research too because if you've heard fellows today understand what is happening to the nature of our parks. And the doc and the professor was mentioning the natural sciences how important that is. I want to thank you for listening today. Earth does have a secret. Embrace your life every precious moment. It belongs to everyone and it's an ecosystem. Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye. Leave your footprint. I want to thank you for listening. Be well.